The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we will discuss some of the lesser-known college football historical oddities from every team in the AAC. That's the American Athletic Conference. And we'll concentrate on the lesser-known historical oddities. So in alphabetical order, here we go. Cincinnati Bearcats. The first of the lesser-known oddities occurred in 1898 in Coach Frank Kavanaugh's only season as head coach of the Bearcats. Cincinnati finished that season five wins, one loss, and amazingly three ties. See, the Bearcats tied the first game of the season, 12-12 against Ohio. Then, in their fifth game of the season, they battled Indiana to a scoreless tie. And then, in the next-to-last game of the season, they battled Indiana. Yes, Indiana a second time, again, to a tie, 11-11. So if you're keeping track, in that 1898 season, the Bearcats played to three ties, and two of them were against Indiana. The second of the lesser-known historical oddities was that in 1901, Cincinnati finished the season with one wins, three losses, and one tie. In coaches Henry Pratt's only season as head coach of the Bearcats, every game was a shutout. They were shut out their first game 13-0 to Avondale. They then flipped the coin and shut out Hanover 10 to nothing in their second game. Cincinnati then battled Kentucky to a scoreless tie in the third game of the season. And then Cincinnati was shut out in their final two games of the season to Ohio 16 to nothing and to Wittenberg 18 to nothing. Every game was a shutout. Connecticut Huskies. The first of the lesser known historical oddities in a six year stretch from 1906 to 1911 dating back to the last game of the 1906 season to the second game of the 1911 season, UConn played 33 games and 31 of the 33 games were shutouts. Now, in those shutouts, 31 out of 33 games were shutouts. In those shutouts, UConn's record was eight wins, 22 losses, and one tie. Yes, there was one scoreless tie. The second lesser known fact is that in the fourth quarter of a game on September 27, 1919, in Connecticut's season opener against New Hampshire State, Connecticut punted to New Hampshire State. The punt returner, his name was Farmer. He returned the punt, but he was tripped and he regained his footing and kept running. But he did that spin and keeping running move just as Connecticut's Garner Dow delivered a flying tackle. Dow's head hit Farmer's knee. Dow was knocked out, taken off the field, and tragically died hours later from the injury. The school named the athletic field after him, 
the Gardner Dow Field. East Carolina Pirates, the first of the lesser known historical facts. East Carolina's first season was in 1932. They were called the East Carolina Teachers College. Now follow this. That inaugural season, 1932, the Pirates went 0-5. and They were shut out every game, losing by a combined score of 170, excuse me, 187 nothing, which was an average score of near about 838 nothing. Now the next season, the Pirates were shut out in their first four games. In the fifth game of the second season now, after those four shutouts, <clears throat> they not only broke through and scored, but they won as East Carolina defeated Campbell six to nothing. Then, in the last game of the season, the Pirates were again shut out to post a one and five record. Now, the next year, again, are you following this? 1934, in the first game of what? The third season, the Pirates were shut out. Then in the second game of the season, East Carolina did score six points in a 27 to six loss to Appalachian State. What does this all come to? Okay. From the Pirates' very first game ever in 1932 through their first game of their third season, 1934, the Pirates posted a one-win, 12-loss record and lost by a combined score of 292-6, to which amounts to losing by an average score of 24 to 0.5. The second lesser-known fact occurred on October 26, 1935, the East Carolina Teachers College, the Pirates, they were 0-1, and they were cutting, coming off being shut out by Wingate the week before. Well, they faced the Oak Ridge Cadets. Now, in the first quarter, East Carolina scored on a safety to take a 2-0 lead. And again, to remind you, they were shut out the week before. So this was their first points all season. Their lead, 2-0, held until late in the fourth quarter. With time running out, East Carolina clung to that 2-0 lead, and they were looking for their first win of the season. Well, they were driving, and to keep the possession alive, they threw a pass. But Oak Ridge's defensive back, his name was Smathers, intercepted the pass and returned it 50 yards for a touchdown. And Oak Ridge defeated East Carolina that day, 6-2. Houston Cougars. The first of the lesser known facts is that at one time, at one time, Houston once held 78 NCAA records and 31 NCAA team records. The second lesser known fact for Houston was they were the last Division I school, uh, at least Division A, AA, to score over 100 points. And it happened on November 23rd, 1968 when Houston defeated Tulsa 100-6. Now, in that game, number 11 Houston entered five wins, one loss, one tie, and Tulsa did enter two and six. And it may not be what you think happened. Uh, let me explain it to you this way. Coach Yeoman's Veer offense was led by a running back. His name was Paul Gibson and wide receiver Elmo Wright. And they surged out of the gate to take what would be a modest 24 to nothing lead into halftime. Now, remember, they won the game 100-6. So at halftime, it was 24 to nothing. By the end of the third quarter, with the game clearly won, they had built the lead to 51-6. to So early in the fourth quarter, Coach Yeoman removed the starters, up 51-6. to And it was the backups that did the majority of the damage. Because they were the ones that ended up putting up the remainder of the points so that Houston won 100-6. Now, interestingly enough, they were up 
93 to six with one minute left in the game. Tulsa punted and the Houston punt returner, his name was Mike Simpson, fielded the punt and returned it to a touchdown. So now they were up 99 to six. And as they lined up for the extra point, the Houston fans started chanting, make that kick. As they say, they were the last Division I school to score 100 points. Memphis Tigers. The first of the lesser known facts was that in 1916, Memphis had a tale of two seasons. Memphis opened the season with a 115-0 defeat of Somerville High School. Then defeated Jackson High School 24-0 in their second game. Well, after a 7-7 tie against Haywood High School, Memphis was now undefeated. Two wins, no losses, one tie with that 115-point effort to start the season. Then, inexplicably, Memphis lost their remaining three games of the season to Union 7-6, to Memphis Central High School 49-0, and to Arkansas State 27-0 to finish the season, two wins, three losses, one tie. Nor if you're counting, in the two wins to start the season, they had outscored their opponents 135-0. Then, after that, 7-7 tie, and their three losses that followed, Memphis was outscored themselves, 83-6. to uh, Like I say, 1916, a tale of two seasons. The other lesser-known fact is that on September 26, 1992, Memphis' Ken Irwin became the first player in college football history to block four punts in one game, and he did it in a 22-6 to defeat of Arkansas. Navy Midshipman, the first lesser-known historical fact. On December 7, 1963, Navy defeated Army 21-15. This was the game that was originally scheduled in late November, but was rescheduled following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy on November 22, 1963. Now, the nation was in mourning, and tradition specifies that the military observe a 30-day peri period of mourning. But it was announced after the game that the game would be del delayed by one week to de December 7th. Uh, the Navy quarterback, Roger Storback, he was awarded the Heisman Trophy before that game on November 26, 1963. And the reason that game was so important, other than the fact that it was historical, was that the midshipmen were ranked number two in the country. And it was a rivalry game against a two-loss Army team. But moreover, this game was a de facto play-in game to the Cotton Bowl to face number one Texas. The second lesser-known historical oddity for Navy is that in 1905, Navy began the season utterly dominating. They went 6-0, and every game they recorded a shutout. They outscored their opponents 153-0 in those six games. Then the midshipmen allowed their first score all season, just one touchdown in their seventh game. But that was enough because that one touchdown meant they lost 6-5. Back then, touchdowns were worth five points, and they were playing Swarthmore. Navy scored first, but they missed their extra point. Swarthmore scored, made their extra point, and won 6-5. to five. Now, Navy did go on to win the next four games and tie the last game of the season against Army 6-6. Six to six. What does all this come to? Well, in 1905, a mixed extra point was the difference between an undefeated season and a one-loss season for the Navy midshipmen. SMU Mustangs, the first of the lesser-known historical oddities. SMU's first season was 1915. They started a season two and two. Now, 
They proceeded to be shut out in their last three games, being outscored 65 to nothing in those three games. Their second season, SMU did not win a game, posting a zero win, eight loss, two tie record. And the low point occurred on November 17th of 1916 when SMU lost to Rice 146-3, as they allowed 23 touchdowns. The second of the lesser-known historical oddities may not be lesser-known, but SMU is the only school to receive the death penalty for recruiting violations. For two years, 1987 and 1988, the team did not play. The 1987 season was canceled by the NCAA. The 1988 season, that was canceled by SMU. Why? Well, the school's football program was found guilty of many recruiting violations by the NCAA for its activities in the late 70s, early 80s. And it all started when it was learned that SMU's recruiting staff was paying recruits. South Florida Bulls, the first of the lesser known historical oddities. South Florida's first football season was in 1997. And on September 6, 1997, in South Florida's first ever football game playing at home, South Florida defeated Kentucky Wesleyan 80-3. That's 8-0, 80-3, to mark one of the most impressive debuts of the football program in the history of college football. The second lesser known fact about South Florida is that on November 18th, 2000, on the last day of the season, in a 59-0 defeat of Austin P. kicker Bill Gramatica tied an NCAA record as he kicked a 63-yard field goal. Temple Owls, first of the lesser-known historical oddities. Okay, follow this. In 1927, Temple opened the season with a 110-0 defeat of Blue Ridge. Now, their next game, Temple scored 58 in a 58 to nothing defeat of Juniata. In the third game of the season, Temple was defeated by Dartmouth 47 to 7. They rebounded in the fourth game to defeat Gallaudet 62 to nothing. Now, if you're counting, in that 1927 season, in the first four games of the season, Temple won by a combined score of 215 to 0 in the games they won. And in the lone loss, they were outscored 47 to 7. The second of the lesser known oddities for Temple occurred in 1986, where in a four game stretch, Temple running back Paul Palmer rushed for 349 yards, 239 yards, 187 yards, and 212 yards. And this set NCAA records for rushing yards in consecutive games, in three straight games, and in four straight games. And that season, Paul Palmer went on to lead the nation in rushing, rushing for 1,866 yards. Tulane Green Wave. The first of the lesser-known historical oddities is that Tulane played its first game in 1893, and they lost to the Southern Athletic Club 12-0. What was unusual about that game? Tulane was coached by T.L. Bain. That T.L. Bain, their coach, was a player on the opposing team, the Southern Athletic Club, in that game. The second of the lesser-known historical oddities for Tulane is that in 1912, Tulane opened the season with a 37-0 defeat of Jefferson. And they followed that game with a 95 to nothing defeat of Louisiana Lafayette. Now, they won their next two games by a combined score of 54 to 6. Then, in their next four games of the season to finish out, Tulane was shut out twice and was held with three points in the third 
to finish the season five and three. Tulsa Hurricane, the first of the lesser known historical oddities. In coach Francis Smith's second season, after an opening day defeat of St. Gregory, 121 to nothing, Tulsa defeated Northeast Oklahoma, 151 to zero in week two. So if you're keeping track, and I actually did a podcast on Coach Schmidt, Tulsa, after two games that season, was averaging 136 points per game. I'll say that again, 136 points per game. The second of the lesser known oddities is on September 27th, 1919, Tulsa defeated Oklahoma Baptist 152 to zero. Then on November 23rd, 1968, right, many years later, Tulsa, after defeating Oklahoma Baptist 152 to nothing early in the 1900s, in 1968, Tulsa was defeated by Houston 100 to six. So what does this mean? Tulsa has a rather unusual distinction in the annals of college football history. They have scored over 150 points in a game, yet given up over 100 points in a game. UCF Knights. Well, their first lesser known historical fact is that UCF's first game was back in 1979. And back then they were a Division III school. They were shut out, excuse me, they shut out St. Leo 21 to nothing in that first game. And it was a game that was played in the mud in a cow pasture of all things, in a cow pasture. In the second game, UCF's first ever home game, UCF set a Division III record for attendance, 14,138 fans in a 7-6 defeat of Fort Benning. Now, that season, they went on to finish 6-2. and two. And in the process, they set a Division III record for fan attendance, averaging 11,240 fans. This in just the first football year ever. The second of the lesser-known historical facts for UCF is that in a remarkable three-game stretch from 2017 to 2019, UCF scored over 30 points in 31 straight games. And it marked the longest such streak in over eight decades. Now, that's not it. What followed was a 27 to 24 loss to Cincinnati. So they didn't score over 30. But then they went on to score over 30 in another 11 games. So had they won that game, excuse me, had they scored over 30 points in that game, they would have gone 41 straight games scoring over 30 points. Well, there you have it. A few of the lesser-known historical oddities from every team in the AAC. Thank you for listening to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.